1: Hey, what's going on everybody welcome to the final show of this 2021 uh, 22 season week 18 of the power grid uh, presented by of course football guys and rotogrinders.com I am Dan Bach and joined on us tonight we got Devin Knotts we got John Tiffany Lee and somewhere our buddy Phil. Uh, hopefully he's feeling a little bit better under the weather here today but I know he's Staring at his beautiful jpeg somewhere so he made all his
2: money in nfts and he just doesn't care (laughs) care about exactly
1: exactly so get better phil um but uh, as always we thank you guys so much for joining us it's been a long season uh we wrap it up this week and it's always an intriguing week 18 and uh we're gonna lay it out for you the best we can here on a thursday i think i'll give a few sports betting picks today why not you know uh season long is certainly over daily fantasy is tough but i think there's a few spots uh in the sports betting world maybe we can uh, take advantage of. of. So we're gonna get into that here a little bit as well. Let's uh lead it off with uh Devin, how are you doing, my man? You uh what do you think of this week 18? Like how, where do you fall on week on the final week of fantasy football for DFS? Do you feel like it's uh there's there's big edge to be had, or is it just frustrating as because we've got half the teams not willing so- to uh, play any event?
2: I admittedly have been so focused in on this Baker Mayfield saga that um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm very glad that the fan base has completely turned against him. Um, If you followed this show for the last three years, you know my hatred for him. So very glad that he will probably not be with the Browns anymore. Um, This week's interesting. Week 18 is always tough because you need to figure out what teams are motivated. So the way I like to do it is I like to look at the teams that are in playoff contention that need a win or the teams that have been out of it for quite some time and they're looking at player evaluation and they're really not going to change all that much. The teams I'm trying to avoid are the teams in the, sort of that just got eliminated here in the last week or so. Had a big letdown. They're probably not going to play their starters all that much, or they're not going to be that motivated just to play in general because they had a tough loss last week. So a team like Cleveland, like Miami, um, those types of teams are the teams that I would be avoiding this week.
1: All right. Let's head over to the professor, who I know has a sheet in front of him that has all the information that we need to know in terms of who's got motivation, who's in, who's out. Um, what do we got, John? Because again, this is this is paramount this week more than ever. Is to you know know the narratives and, and know the playoff situation. So uh, take us through.
3: it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's actually this this year. I think is a little more straightforward than a lot of years. Uh, You've got two teams that are pretty much guaranteed to rest their starters. Those are the Green Bay Packers. Um, They're facing the Detroit Lions and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals against aforementioned Browns. Um, In both cases, um, there's not a whole lot that can happen that can alter their playoff scenarios. And so uh, despite some coach speak coming out of Green Bay, There isn't a whole lot of reason to believe uh, much is going to change there. So um, there isn't much to like from those two teams this week. Um, Outside of that, uh, there is some interpretive consideration to, to, uh, to take as Devin has talked about with, with teams like Cleveland and Miami and, and your take there. Um, And then, you know, I've got a list here. And as you've talked about, it's, it's red, green, and yellow. It's a stoplight system, and um, I'll be referring to this throughout the show in terms of who has motivation to play and why. Um, the yellow teams, as you saw, represented about half. Those are teams that really don't have a lot to play for, but um, outside of maybe jobs and and um, you know and, and that kind of thing. So uh, it's, a, it's an interesting week. I'm a big fan of Week 18. I think there's a real edge because I think it's difficult – to do the work. And at this point, after four months, four and a half months, I think a lot of people back away from it. And for that reason, it gives an edge to the people who want to put in that one last week of work. And, um, you know, from my personal perspective, I think it was three years ago. um, I won a um, one week in week 17, not week 18, obviously. Um, I won high five figures in that week just because I, I had, done a little more research and uh, obviously there's some luck involved and it all came together for me. Well, some of are we are sure looking... the Packers
2: are sitting
3: there players? Well, I mean, the coach is saying that they're not. Um, so the Fleur U- said
2: he's not comfortable with the three week layoff. So exactly. The it's buy worries me a little bit there,
3: but what's going to happen is they're going to play a quarter, a quarter and a half, yeah. and then they'll be done. And it's not like they're the Houston Texans that cost $4,800. They're all these guys are high priced. And they're not going to get anywhere near value. So you you basically got to X those guys out. Do you think it's Jones and Dylan? Or just Jones? Oh, I think I don't think Dylan plays all four quarters. I
1: mean, he's... Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean... I could see him. I I could see him playing too. I think it's more like a half instead of a quarter. But uh, I think there's definitely going to be a situation. Because let's lead off with this. Because this is like the gambling thing that's driving me... Absolutely crazy. I've tweeted about it and I still don't get it. One week away from the end of the season. So, therefore, the MVP vote, you got Aaron Rodgers as a minus 400 favorite. Tom Brady sitting there at plus 550. Why is Aaron Rodgers hands down the MVP according to the odds makers over Tom Brady? Um, considering Brady has more touchdowns, more yards, um, you could probably make the argument a, a worse supporting cast based on some injuries. And, you know, let's say somehow that green Bay loses this week. They're only four point favorites and Tampa would win. They would end up with the same record.
2: I mean, the real I, question and, is why isn't Jonathan Taylor, the MVP? Well, because quarterbacks win the MVP. <laughs> there, there's your answer. But yes, um, I think that the value is skewed. you are going to, you're going to have people like the Chicago dummy who came out and said that he's not voting for him because he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. Like you're going to have people that I think there's value in Brady potentially getting it.
1: Yeah. I mean, Rodgers numbers were like light years better last year than this year. And he just won. Like you have voter fatigue. Like who, what's the better story? Aaron Rodgers winning back to back or Tom Brady at 44 years old winning an MVP. I think it's Tom Brady.
3: Well, I mean, look, I'll play devil's advocate here. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but I think the, the the argument with with Rogers is he's been playing through an injury all season. He's got some broken toe or something. He's got four. I think he's got four backup offensive linemen and a and a rookie offensive lineman. Um, he's got basically one receiver. You know, you could make you could make an argument saying that he's put this all together um I don't know that that justifies the uh the 2 to 1 odds or 3 to 1 odds between the two but you know to play as devil's yeah. advocate there's there's a strong argument for Aaron Rodgers to win. I think yeah, it should
2: think be 55 45 Rodgers which means that there's value for Brady. That I agree and that's the point I'm trying to make is
1: it shouldn't be a runaway if you want to make the case he's better fine but 4 to 1 versus plus 550 um I, Jonathan I Taylor's
2: much. running for 250 yards and four touchdowns this week. We'll so. talk
1: about we'll talk about <laughs> Taylor in a different award here a little bit later because I, I I got a take on this as well. Uh, all right, let's get into quickly Vegas here, John. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of teams in terms of these uh, these team totals. We got Jacksonville at like 14, Giants 15, Chicago, Cincinnati, both under 20. Uh, Tell us the spots that you know Vegas is looking at in terms of the the games that might have some fireworks here in this last week.
3: Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot to like this week in terms of high scoring uh, games. That there are two games I've got my eye on. That Seattle going over to Arizona. You've got two ca- capable quarterbacks there. Obviously, um, Arizona's got something to play for. They could go anywhere from fifth playoff seed to second or third. Um, so they're going to be out there and, uh, Russell Wilson to me is the, you know, he's the type of quarterback's going to go out there and play no matter what they, I think they're, they're six and 10 going into this week. So they've got nothing to play for outside of just pride. Um, but he's got some good receivers there. And we've seen over the past few weeks that, um, he's got some upside. The, the, the Vegas total there is 48. Um, the other one has a lower Vegas total, but you've got two teams who are way motivated, and one of them is likely not to get into the playoffs. And that's the um, San Francisco 49ers going over to LA or going south, I should say, to LA to take on the Rams. These are two teams with, uh, with offenses that had put up points this year. Um, and I think that that's a game that you can count on um, some points. And I kind of like the over there. Um, uh, those are the two games I'll be looking at. Um, on the lower end, I, I think the Jets have the lowest implied team total that I've seen maybe as long as we've been doing this show, which is 12 and a half uh, against the Buffalo Bills. Um, The Bills are huge favorites at the top of the Vegas value chart. They've got 28 and a half points implied team total, 16 point favorites. That makes Devin Singletary really, um, you know, he's peaking at the right time, getting a lot of action. We'll talk about him when we get to the running back section. And then um, speaking of running backs, Devin's already, we haven't even talked about anything. And Devin has uh, mentioned Jonathan Taylor a number of times. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are going up against your Jags, Dan, 15 and a half point favorites. They've got the highest implied team total on the board, just south of 30 points. And in, they're in a must win situation. Uh, they need, a, if they win, they're in. It's the only team this week out of, I don't know, 26 teams on the main slate. It's the only team that controls their own destiny. Everybody else is doing it with some sort of help from some other team. And I think that's going to drive up some massive ownership of Jonathan Taylor this week. Um, But he's a, you know, and he's expensive. So it'll be interesting to talk about how to handle him.
2: 266 yards to get to 2000.
1: (laughs) Well, Well, real quick, what do we think his rushing prop will be? It is not posted
2: 176 I <laughs> I would say 123 and a half
3: I mean I saw it. somebody talked about it on social media already so you you guys give your your legitimate guesses 123 I, I I think that's pretty I'll go a little I'll go like 120 is gonna be my number 104 and a half I saw somebody posted oh, wow. on on uh, Twitter earlier Wow
1: wow that's that seems that, that seems low. Seems very low. I want to say it was. Uh, um, I'm looking here and see if I can. Okay, I got it, it here. I got it right here. Okay. Whoever who, that line is either moved or they were wrong. Uh, was, I'm seeing 115 on most books.
3: All right. So Brad Evans three hours ago posted Jonathan Taylor rush yards against Jacks, opens at FanDuel at 104 and a half, and it was minus 114
1: juice at that time. Okay, well, it got that up 10 yards. 114 is the it number. It should be and...
2: 176 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that 104 all right. was just the first half, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I like that.
1: Uh, all right, let's get into quarterbacks here. And uh, Devin, we'll kind of start with you uh, in terms of where we want to go. Uh, again, ownership and, you know, who people are going to play. It's really hard to tell this early in the week, but, you know, I think there's there's definitely going to be a few names that stand out because here's the problem too. If you want to play Taylor, you want to play a guy like Cooper cup who both those guys have major incentive this week. You might need to come down a little bit in terms of quarterback, but man, it's, you know, on week 18, you think there's some crapper out there who's, who's going to draw a start and you, you could easily do it on DraftKings in particular. There's just not anything cheap that looks remotely enticing to me.
2: No, the, I mean, the only guy, I think the chalk's going to be Trey Lance at 5,500 um, going up against the Rams. Uh, I, you know, he's going to get enough rushing yards just to get there like he did last week. He didn't look good. He looked horrible. But I think that's where a lot of the ownership is going to go this week just because people are going to want to pay up at the other positions. I mean, what did he end up with last week? Trying to pull it up, but he ended up getting 20 points. Like, that's yeah, more he than enough. Yeah.
3: He had uh, 250 yards, a pair of
2: touchdowns. So what's that? That's eight plus. 20.06 is where he there you where go. ended up. I mean, 31 rushing yards. I think he runs more this week against the, the Rams in a game that they, they should need him a little bit more than they they did against Houston. Although that game was closer than it should have been. Um, the other guy that I'm looking at, and I can't spend up this week. I, I think I've mentioned where I'm spending my money is Taysom hill uh the guy's basically playing for his i I don't want to say his career as a starting quarterback but it sort of is like i think the decision's already been made that he can't really be a full-time starting quarterback but if there was ever a week that maybe convinced sean payton who's the only guy that believes in, in in Taysom hill and giving him all this money maybe one good start brings him brings him back as the backup next year i think he'll still be a tight end role but um 6,200 against the Falcons I think is a pretty good price although that Saints offense has just been horrendous the second half of the year Alvin Kamara I don't I don't know what's going on there I certainly his snap share has been down is or I mean he caught some passes last week but he wasn't running the ball effectively it was just a strange situation
1: yeah I think uh Taysom is the guy I'm I'm looking more at John are you at all nervous about Lance against the Rams I mean this is a guy who hasn't played much. The Rams defense, you know, they're in a must-win situation. They're at home. Um, he didn't look great against Houston. I have a hard time seeing him being like a, a monster here. And not that he has to be at that price, but I worry about him against the likes of, you know, Aaron Donald and Von Miller and, and, those, and yeah, those guys. I'm with you. I, I, uh, Lance was not on my list of, of
3: any plays this week um, at the moment um largely for the reason you said he, he and and if we look at last week he did get there and I think in our in our three-man or our four-man um that we play every week I think we all had Trey Lance last week for our cash game quarterback and uh he got there but he got there late uh it was you know was largely in maybe not in garbage time but at the end of the, at the end of the game very least <clears throat> I think you know uh Devin said he He's not spending up, and he's, he's going to have a difficult time doing it. But I think you can get there with Taysom Hill at 6,200. Uh, this is a quarterback in the past four games. He's he's had double-digit carries in every single one of those games. And when you when you think about uh, quarterback, really that's, that's what you want are those guaranteed um, cash game quarterback. You want those guaranteed points, and you really get it when a guy is running as often as he is. Um, he's the guy that comes out top of the list for me and I actually don't even have another cash game quarterback listed this week. I think you could make an argument for a guy like Josh Allen or Carson Wentz. Um, Carson Wentz is a bit cheaper at 5800 I just like uh, Taysom Hill and what he does on the ground. So for me, that's where it
1: starts and ends in cash. I think Stafford for 500 more you could maybe make an argument for. Um, again, just for the fact that that game does matter, he's going to be in for four quarters. And he's been injured the last couple of weeks. So maybe, maybe this is a spot, but uh, I tend to agree with you there. Now let's get into tournaments, Devin. Give us some, some guys that, uh, that, we can, that we can potentially roll out and, and likely some stacks, I'm guessing, in tournaments.
2: Yeah, I, I think that uh, I'm going to start with Kirk Cousins, 6,100 going up against the Bears. The Bears' pass defense has been – hold on. I have the wrong team. Ignore everything I just said. Um, it's week 18. Please forgive me. It's John, go ahead. I need to recollect my thoughts real
1: quick.
3: <laughs> All right.
2: Uh, I'll say, um,
3: and we're talking tournaments here. So, uh, you know, when we get the tournaments, obviously it's, it's high risk, high reward. Um, the game that I, that I kind of, it's off the radar and nobody's going to be on it, but I, but I like both quarterbacks in the um, Miami New England game this week, uh, the the receivers are dirt cheap on both sides, and you've got two capable quarterbacks who are, um, you know, who are coming into their own. <clears throat> They're fifty three and fifty four hundred dollars respectively, and uh, the the receivers none of none of them are above five thousand. I like stacking up that game, going back and forth with names like Jalen Waddle. Devonte Parker, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar is coming back at 3,400 and then taking one of those those um, those cheap quarterbacks and then stacking that up against the Jonathan Taylor that we're going to talk about in a bit with some of the more expensive guys, um, because then the ownership doesn't matter on Jonathan Taylor at Al because nobody's going to be on this game. Um, that's a game I like. And then the other quarterback I have listed for GPPs this week is uh, Russell Wilson. I want to go back to him one more time before the end of the year. Uh, Russell is going up against Arizona. We know Arizona needs to win. So Arizona should put up points. Um, They're coming off of a week where maybe they didn't score as many points as a lot of folks expected against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, If they come back uh, with a vengeance, Russ could do the same thing. He's only 6,300 and obviously we know he's got a pair of receivers there that are world class.
1: I like that call. Um, all right, let's, um, let's move on to the running back let, position. Let, give me, oh, give me one. Oh, give sorry, me one Devin. Sorry, I forgot you're, that
2: you're fine. You, we, two names. You had the brain part. So yeah, so, two, go for it. two names. One, it was the other side of that game. Andy Dalton is interesting. And before John just throws his, all his papers across the room, they they've allowed 280 yards or more in four of the last five games. And I'm talking about the Vikings defense, those quarterbacks that they've faced, Justin Fields, Ben Roethlisberger and Jared Goff. Like that's a pretty bottom of the barrel quarterback situation there. This game is in Minnesota. It could sneaky shootout. Um, I, I don't hate Andy Dalton at 5,300. I sort of like him more than Tua down there at the bottom of the barrel. And the other name that, you know, I think we should probably mention that's going to be popular is Josh Allen. I'm not doing it just because he's way too expensive and he limits what you can do. But I do think a lot of people are going to go there simply because of the rushing touchdown upside. Although I I think you can get the rushing upside that he has with Taysom Hill or Trey Lance. And then Lamar Jackson might be interesting if he does play, but I don't think he's going to play. So, Pittsburgh's run defense is absolutely horrendous, but I don't think Lamar is going to play this week. I think it's going to be Tyler Huntley once again, which doesn't excite me nearly as much as what uh, what Lamar would.
1: All right, let's move on to the running back position here. And we've already talked about Jonathan Taylor, and uh, Devin thinks he's going to rush for 200 yards. I want to add... 267. 267 is hour. Okay, here's... It, I think we're on different sides of this here. So Offensive Player of the Year usually goes to somebody who's not a quarterback. So Vegas right now has that set at minus 110 for Taylor and minus 110 for Cooper Cup. Who do you think wins that award? True coin flip here, according to them.
2: Taylor should win it. I totally yeah. disagree.
3: I, totally I'm going to go, go with Taylor as well. Tell me why. Uh, less talent around him. Um, you know, L.A.'s got some good good pieces, uh, better overall offense. Um, you can make the argument, uh, the counter argument to that is that the Colts have a great offensive line. But um, I think it's really difficult to be a dominant um, running back in this league. It's not as difficult to be a dominant wide
2: receiver. Um, I, okay, I think on, Devontae Adams has closed the gap enough over the last couple of weeks that he will steal votes from Cooper Cup.
1: You know, Cooper Cup is only like twelve receptions and like a hundred and what ninety yards away from setting receiving like all time records this season. Do you, you you guys realize that, right? And
2: you realize that Jonathan Taylor's two sixty seven away from two thousand rushing yards. Yeah, but
1: you know what? There's been plenty of people who have run for well, not plenty. There's been others who have accomplished that. Here's the here's yeah, but the think about why eras, think...
2: think about eras, right? It's more passing yards in this era than it has been in the. Yeah, to, to be at two thousand rushing yards is ridiculous in this era. Derrick
1: area. Henry just did it last year, right?
2: Like yeah, did but he won he won Offensive Player of the Year.
1: But right, but here's the difference. Here's the thing: when we look back at this season, people will not remember Jonathan Taylor. People will remember this year that Cooper Cup, this guy who you look at who there's no way that he's the it's, most it's, dominant the most dominant receiver in the league it's, is going to could
0: potentially
1: set and I think will set all time records. So I'm gonna go clearly with the all time records over something that somebody just did the year prior. Cooper Cups winning that award. I, I, will, I will happily make a little side wager with both of you if you would uh, if, if you guys are interested in such a sure, thing.
2: Sure.
3: Uh, I, I might be interested in that. Text me. Let's talk about so that.
2: So the, the case that I make is, Do the Colts are the Colts even competitive without Jonathan Taylor? And I don't think they are. If you have Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack, they're like a three-win team. Stafford and this, team, this Rams team are still going to be fine without Cooper Cup. That's Cooper the Cup difference. is dominating, though. He is Just
1: absolute dominant player.
2: Statistically, like, I don't he think is, people look of... at Jonathan Taylor as a dominant player. Oh, I whatsoever. think you're. I think I think you're thinking Los Angeles and all the hype and. No,
1: I'm I'm thinking you look at Derrick Henry. He was a dominant player last year. So nobody looks at Jonathan Taylor and been. It's it has a has a cool nickname or anything for him except oh they get down to the two yard line and he plows it in
2: for for a touchdown. Now, admittedly – You know how many? He, you know how many two Two yard runs you'd need to get to 2,000. Here's my other. Point. No, he's
1: a good, he's a very good running back.
2: Here's my fairly... other point. What's the average age of the voter? I don't know. 70. <laughs> they're all asleep at six o'clock when Cooper Cup is doing his thing. They're all having Sunday family dinners. They're not sitting down <laughs> watching the afternoon games. They see Cooper Cup at noon and they're like, this is great. All I or... know is. It, and maybe it's our, our clouded view
1: is you want a lot more money playing Cooper cup this year than you probably did playing Jonathan Taylor in DFS. That's right. So
3: speaking of um, DFS, let's go back.
1: Okay. Sorry. That was a good debate though. Um, running backs. Okay. Jonathan Taylor, jam him in. He's probably should have a really good game against the dreadful Jaguars. Who else do we want to consider here? John, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah. I've got three, three people beyond Jonathan Taylor on my cash game list. Um, the, the first one I'm going to say is my least favorite, but he's next in line in terms of expense. That's Dalvin cook against Chicago at 7,800. Um, he's a great play. Just, I don't know whether I can fit him in because as you already talked about, Dan, there aren't uh, a lot of value receivers this week. And we're going to get there in just a moment. Um, you're going to have to spend a little bit on receivers this week in cash to feel remotely good about your cash game lineups. And so uh, I'm likely to go Taylor and then these two running backs, uh, one at the running back position, one in the flex position. Those are um, uh, Devin Singletary against the Jets at 6,000. Uh, I think we talked about this. Devin. Devin and I did on the two-man show last week. Uh, he's just getting all the action right now. And he did it again last week, and I think he got into the end zone a pair of times. It's the
2: Jets. You play running backs against the Jets.
3: Oh yeah, and and you play running backs against the Jets. <laughs> and, James Robinson. And and then you've yeah. got um, Sony Michelle against San Francisco. It's that same you know that game we talked about already, where we know the best players are going to be out there, and Sony has gone into this bell Cal role, and he's only six thousand. I don't know why they haven't raised this price, but just take that as a gift for your cash game lineup. So um, <clears throat> this week I'm definitely playing three running backs on my cash game lineups um, because I, I think that that's where the safest place to spend your money is. And you've got about 21,000 wrapped up in those three running backs.
1: Quick warning. Cam Akers is supposed to play this week. So I do think that sours Sony a little bit. Um and he's—I don't think they would bring him back the week before the playoffs unless they thought this guy was like a hundred percent.
3: Do you um, think what kind of action do
1: you think that he gets? I saw the same I think thing. ten carries, ten carries. I was I think gonna say seven, seven or eight,
2: seven. seven or eight, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Ten said touches, eight. maybe. Okay, yeah.
1: so I mean, i i don't think eight. Sony's a bad play because of the price. I just let just want to let fair. everybody know that's like fair. that yep. he is he is back this week. Go I ahead, Devin.
2: have Sony on my list. Eight. I think at 5,700, Deontay Foreman might be a better play. Um, If you look at last week, they're preparing – they're getting this offensive line ready for Derrick Henry to come back. He had 26 carries for 132 yards and a touchdown last week. I think against Houston, he gets another 20 to 25 carries. They get this offensive line ready for Henry coming back for the playoffs, um, getting the offense ready and and prepared, even though that Henry's not going to be there this week the other guy that i'm looking at a little bit i don't know that i love him in cash is rashad penny i just don't know that i buy into like this recent surge he had he said two incredible games against the bears and against the against the lions but i mean 17 carries and 25 carries for 135 yards and 170 yards is rashad penny all of a sudden Jonathan Taylor, no. I mean, he's faced two really bad defenses. Arizona's run defense isn't great, but I think that, I don't think that, I think it's more boom, boom or bust there. Um, so I'm a little bit more hesitant on Penny, more of a, probably more of a GPP play. And then I sort of like DeAndre Swift a little bit as a GPP play at 5,900. If Green Bay truly does bench all of their players, we've seen Swift have these monster games. Um, you know Detroit, I mean, you, you got to give them credit. They, they except last, I mean, they've been sort of hit or miss, but um, when they're playing, they're playing. I mean, they are coming out and they're actively trying to win games. They could have given up on the season at 0-10 or whatever they were, 0-11, but they've been fighting for most of the season outside of a couple games. They tied... They tied Pittsburgh. They had, were close with Cleveland. They, they've had a couple just battles. They should have beat Baltimore. So they could be the AFC North champs if they were in that division. But um, I think Swift might be interesting and, and go under the radar just because people don't like to play the Lions.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I really like Foreman. And boy, it, do I hate saying that because I think I mocked him like four weeks ago <laughs> really, really bad. But the volume is there. The matchup is there. The The game matters. Um, and he's under 6K. The other name that he didn't bring up, and he's back this week, is Antonio Gibson. He gets the Giants, another guy who's 5.8K on DraftKings, and, uh, you know, didn't play last week. So, you know, I think he might fly under the radar a little bit here because people don't know if uh, if he's going to go, but he should go by all indications. So I think price per dollar right now, especially uh, on Rota Grinders lineup HQ, he's like the top guy that we have price per dollar. So, uh keep your eye on him as a potential play and i'm gonna make a quick warning too here is i know arizona has a lot to play for that team worries me here a little bit listening to some of the stuff kingsbury said early in the week is he hinted that you know next week is what really matters and they don't he's not committing to playing either connor or edmonds all that much just based on their their injuries so i'm telling you right now arizona is a team i would very much steer kind of away from and even if one of those guys technically goes i don't know how much they're going to play just listening to some of the coach talk so yeah. throwing that little bit of warning out this week they're both fades on my model as well yeah uh, and Sean, interested david Sean montgomery on. this week uh, a couple
3: touchdowns last week it's minnesota for me, it always depends on ownership. I don't know where, uh, where's RG him, where Devin uh, have-
2: 15. I'm a little less than that, but in okay. the, in the same yeah, part
3: I, I've got him right around 15. So that's about where you, you should be. Um, he's, he's not a strong play. He's not a bad play at that point. That's about right. Um, I like the Deandre Swift call, um, the, the player, what about Najee Harris guys? Um, he had what 30 carry, 30 touches on Monday night. This team is going to run him into the ground by the time he's like 23 or 24. Um, he comes out as pretty high for me. I don't know if yeah, you know, do you have a, a number on him, Dan, in terms of uh, we're
1: only at 10 on him. Yeah probably because of you know, people want to jam Taylor, people want to jam cook. You it's hard to get in as another 7k guy. Yeah, this
3: is a team that that only has one way. One way into the uh, the playoffs, and that's by winning this game. They won the game on Monday night against the was the Browns, right, Devin? It was yeah. The Browns. yeah, it was the Browns. And it wasn't through uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who threw the ball 50 times for 120 yards. It was through <laughs> Najee, which is, is crazy. It was through Najee Harris, and it's going to happen again. That's exactly what they're going to do against the Ravens this week. And uh, folks aren't going to get behind him uh he's he's a guy i like
2: in tournaments uh that i think is going to go overlooked if deontay johnson's out i like him otherwise the matchup is pretty tough against baltimore i think he's out yeah I, think he's gonna, I know he's on the covid list but yeah people are coming back in like three days at this point so who knows yeah i think today was the
1: day where if you if you turned up positive you were you're not going to be able to make it so um i think he's going to be out so Got it. Uh, all right let's move on to wide receiver and cooper cup 9700 future offensive player of the year here in the nfl after this week uh get san francisco mighty fine matchup uh john and cash i'm guessing you're just jamming cook and taylor together in cash games Is that accurate uh when you, you the first name
3: you said cup cup sorry cooper cup yes um, I, I don't know that you can get there, to be honest. I mean, you're, you're basically taking up 40% of your, of your salary. I'm not sure you can get there. Um, I would love to do it. So if you can, and the, the, uh, the opportunity cost is not too high, then do it. Um, but the you know, on my list of wide receivers this week, I won't go through them all and, and why. But the, the, the players that I have, um, the highest player in terms of salary is Jalen Waddle and, and Brandon Cooks both at 6,300, then Michael Pittman at 59, Cole Beasley at 48, and uh, Ray McLeod at 38. I think he'll end up being popular because of Deontay Johnson and because you just need the salary relief. But to get up into that plus 7K range when you're when you're already going with Taylor at 93, I just don't know that you can get Cup without it being just too, too expensive um, because there isn't a lot of value elsewhere.
1: I locked them in our optimizer on Roto Grinders and clicked optimize, and yep. the lineup looked good until <laughs> I, I until I noticed uh, Jawan Winfrey was in it for 3K for <laughs> the uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Now, you know, if there's news that comes out that some of these Packers wideouts are going to sit or they're only going to play a quarter, Winfrey absolutely could be in play. Um, and that would make it way easier. So I think we, I, I don't think it's impossible, but that includes a th- true three K crapper there for green Bay. Um, emphasis on crapper. what's yeah. that emphasis on crapper? Yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah. We're going to need some things to break, um, that way to, you know, towards people sitting and COVID and all sorts of stuff to, to get, be able to afford both. Um, so if I, the first name I'm starting with is Chase Claypool, um similar to the Johns Ray, Ray 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 McLeod. I just think Claypool's a better receiver. McLeod's sort of just a slot guy that maybe he gets the targets, maybe he doesn't. I don't I don't really see a huge upside, but maybe he gets peppered with some some low end low end targets. Um the one name that I continue to just pound the table on that And I gave a PSA last week: is please stop playing DJ Moore. Like this just isn't going to happen. He's like he's the new Jacoby Myers, where everyone was playing him early on in the season, and then people are just wasting their money. Um, Hit three for twenty nine last week, and once again was popular. Um, Looking down the list, I do agree that it's it's sort of a tough week. Uh, I'm not into the whole Jalen Waddle thing. I know that John likes Miami versus New England. I'm not playing. wide receivers or quarterbacks or anybody against this new England secondary. It's not how I want to build a lineup. I think Brandon cooks might be interesting against Tennessee. So uh, Tennessee's run defense has actually been one of the best in the second half this season. Um, The way to beat them is through the air. So Brandon cooks has been pretty, pretty good of late. I am just pulling up his, his game lock here. He has seven or more catches in, is that at least three games – yeah, three straight games and in three touchdowns over his last two. So I think if Houston has any chance at moving the ball, it will be through um, through the wide receiver down there and Brandon Cooks. The, the one situation that I'm monitoring pretty closely is this Cincinnati situation. So we know Joe Burrow's not going to play. I, I don't think Brandon – or Jamar Chase or T Higgins are going to play all that much. No, I don't think so. Tyler Boyd came out and said that he believes he is absolutely going to get to a thousand yards. He needs 178 to get there. (laughs) So if those guys are out, we've seen Brandon Allen chuck the ball around a little bit. He's not afraid to throw it. Joe Mixon looks questionable. I don't know that he's going to play. If he does, why? Like this could be, this could be Tyler Boyd week, and uh, just keep an eye on it because if we start hearing that certain players aren't going to play, I know he's a little expensive at sixty one hundred. Maybe he sits as well, but I I think there's going to be some value in the Cincinnati game. They're still going to run the same offense. They're still going to throw the ball. They're not just going to just they're not just going to turtle up and and give the game to Cleveland because Cleveland doesn't want to win. They they're a dysfunctional team at the moment. I
1: think Chase will play a little bit. I think he's close
2: to a
1: Bengals record for receiving yards. And I also think – and I think he's going to win rookie of the year. But it's not quite a lock against Mac Jones. Um, but I kind of think Boyd is interesting here. I think Higgins absolutely should be sitting here based on the inter- injuries he's had. So that's, a, that's kind of a sneaky play. What about uh, Allen Robinson at 4K? You like uh, You like your boy – Uh, Andy Dalton, 4K versus Minnesota. Hey, Rob, six targets last week.
2: Not for me. Not for me. He came came out right before last week and talked about his, like, long-term COVID situation and why he's been so bad this year. I I just – there's nothing really – if I'm going to take a receiver, it's going to be Darnell Mooney there. Um, I think he had 13 targets last week. Which well, like Mooney's expensive. If you wanna, if you want value, not as a cash game play, but as like a GPP yeah. play, if you want to stack him with Dalton, I think that's the guy. So um, there's like nobody cheap we can play like under five k. Cole Komet in Chicago. Oh, that's tight
1: end. <laughs> you asked me in Chicago. No, I no. was looking wide receivers in general. Like if, okay. if if you if you want to get Cup and Taylor in, you need some sub five k guys at this position. Um, I can't wait for John to talk about Laquan Treadwell here in a minute because I'm sure that's coming. He's
3: not, he's not on my list.
1: What about wow. this Grayson guy?
3: From uh, Tampa Bay?
2: Yeah. Who Do they need to get him snaps and get him, like, the guy was a sprinter. He didn't even play college football. Like, he, that was his first game that he's played since high school. I could see him being a little sneaky in a GPP. Probably not cash games, but oh. –
1: Hold on. Are you serious? That was his first game that he's played since high school? Yes. He didn't play college football. And he Is didn't it? play in the preseason? Like that was legitimately his first game in I don't the history know. of I don't his know life. about preseason, but preseason's not real football. Okay. Okay. I'm st- Wow, I had no idea. Like I knew he he
2: had a, a I a take that back. Background. He has played a couple games this year. Okay. It was well, the first time he had like a big game. Was this? But he's only played three career games. I,
1: I mean, DraftKings kudos to them. They could have made those guys cheap, but he's four four. Yeah. Tyler Johnson's four two. Peryman's five k. Tyler Johnson um, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's terrible. Yeah. We've all lost money on that guy. Um, yeah. So Tampa, right. interesting. Look, I'll
3: give you two names. These are three k crappers. Um, take it for what it's worth. Um, I already mentioned one Nelson Aguilar against Miami. He's 3,400. Um, he was getting a lot of snaps earlier in the season. He's been out for a while. I think he's going to go overlooked. He hasn't played in the last couple of weeks. He'll be back for this game. <clears throat> the other one is Deontay Harris against Atlanta early in the season. This guy was getting almost double digit targets. I think for the first five or six weeks, uh, I could pull it up, but I think that's pretty accurate or close to accurate. And uh, last week was his first week back. He was on a limited snap count. I expect him to be um, on the field a lot more this week. Um, I, I think both of those guys are are sleepers for GPPs. Don't put them into your cash game lineups. But if you need if you need to diversify, when you you've got that double stack of uh, Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, you could do worse than than putting one of those guys in.
2: So, let, John, let me ask you a question. So, we talked about, like, five running backs that we like between, like, 5,500 and 6,200. Do we just pay up for Cooper Cup instead of Jonathan Taylor? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost returning back to
3: the argument that we made earlier, right, about which one's the better player and who you're going to pay up for. Um, you know, from my perspective, it, it's if, – if I'm Indianapolis, I, I'm going to just – feed the ball to Jonathan Taylor and make Jacksonville stop him. If I'm the San Francisco 49ers, if you double team or even triple team Cooper cup, you've still got Adele Beckham. You've got cam makers. You've got Sony, Michelle, you've got Tyler Higby. You get a lot more there in terms of depth. And so from that end, I'm, I'm afraid that I, I, I would have to go with Jonathan Taylor.
2: Uh, I just think he's the guy. I think I might be changing. Oh no. He has one catch in his last four games. Like, I know I joked and I said that he has 267 yard upside, which I think he could get there. But you won't look at it his... long enough to get there. They'll be up three. If he has counts. 150 yards at half. He's going for 2000. It's but, an 18
1: game season. People are going to get 2000 yards all the freaking time. Like, I, I don't but,
2: think it means what it used to. No, it probably doesn't. But neither does 2000 as a wide receiver. Um, Jonathan Taylor has one reception in his last four games. They're just not throwing him the ball. So 108 yards and a touchdown is 16, 19 points on on DraftKings, which is what he had last week. He has to score probably twice to reach cash game value. Cooper Cup has nine or 10 receptions, 100 yards. That's 22 even without a touchdown. I might be going Cooper cup in cash this week and fading Jonathan Taylor, just because of that PPR aspect. Um, and I like the running back position more than I like this wide receiver. I mean, we're talking about guys that just like, who the hell is Cyril Grayson? Like, <laughs> oh, I That's the,
3: that's, the, if you want to go that angle, Devin, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with it uh, because the, the, running back position is deeper. I, I mentioned four running backs who I liked. I said I was going to play three of them. Um, I'm okay with going that way if that's, if that's where you land. Um, but I still think given the bell na- nature of his, of his role, the high implied team total, and just the fact that he's going to touch the ball 30 times against one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll stick with it. I I think I think he outscores Cooper Cup this week, and he's uh, five hundred bucks cheaper, 300, 200 bucks cheaper.
2: The Cup's prop is one sixteen and a half. Taylor is one fifteen and a half. The touchdowns obviously favor Jonathan Taylor. He's probably minus three hundred to score a touchdown. Um, trying to pull it up now, but I think it's going to be closer than like I initially thought coming into this show.
3: So 267 is off the board? Is that what you're saying? No,
2: I think as a GPP play, <laughs> I think that Taylor absolutely has that upside. He has – Taylor has 180, 200-plus yard upside with four touchdowns. Dude,
1: just game. play them both. Just play them both. can't. It's, it's too bad you that – uh, You that can
2: both. play them both. I,
1: I will t- – I'll make this statement right now. Come Sunday, as long as you're not stubborn – and say, eh, not gonna do it because Dan said I would. You both will end up with Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor in your line. Who do you think who do you think
3: Phil's gonna put in his lineup if he has to choose? Oh
1: geez.
3: <laughs> he's 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 going both for sure. Yeah. No, this guy,
1: Jonathan Taylor. There's a vote he's voting for Jonathan Taylor. But he also loves Cooper Cup. He loves Cooper Cup. He does. Um Fun, fun, fun debate. Okay, let's get to tight end where we can punt. We can punt this position. You know, you need savings. There's plenty of guys in the 3K range that are probably playable here. And um, Cole Komet, you mentioned earlier, he's the one kind of popping on our projections here at uh, about 14%, 15%. Uh, And then a few other names we're seeing, Higby and uh, Gronk as kind of guys who might be somewhat popular. John, um, those are the names for you? Is there somebody uh, else that you're looking at potentially here this week?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually a position that, that this year hasn't been as fun. I don't know why. I don't know just in, in, in my experience. Like I, I feel like the, in previous years, we've always had a lot to to debate at this position. And this year it's felt like almost like kicker used to fill. Maybe you know not But
2: but Travis Kelsey's washed. That's why. <laughs> could be, could be because Travis. Well, good he
1: played, football. he played a lot of Island games and then you had Waller get hurt pretty much most of the season yeah. and everyone and and hates Mark Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. that's good Yeah. That, for whatever
3: mean? reason, it's not been a fun position, but this week, Cole Komet is, uh, is near the top of the list or at the top of the list. The other, the other tight end that I did not hear you mentioned, and I think is viable for cash. I don't know if you can get there. Given some of this, the salary restrictions that we've talked about already, but Zach Ertz is, is certainly in play there. If you look at what he's done over the past month, he's had he's had uh, five catches, six catches, eight catches, and seven catches with you know with uh, Kyler Murray. He's he's fitting into that offense nicely. Um, I know Devin expressed some concern about you know whether or not you want to roster any of these guys, but I think Gertz will be out there. He's fifty three hundred. If you've got the extra money, that's where I would spend it in cash. Otherwise, it's Cole Commit for me against Minnesota, and you can save almost $2,000 on him.
0: Got it. it.
3: All right, and GPPs, uh, Tyler Higby is a guy that I like at 4K. And then um, off the board, long shot, GPP, millionaire maker differentiator, Brevin Jordan at $2,700.
1: Nobody's going to have him. You're John right Bates about at, that. <laughs> yeah. John Bates at 3K, I think you could do worse, too, with Washington. You know, he's the one that's uh, the, the last survivor at that position. And they've they've thrown to their tight ends all year long. So uh, 18 fantasy points a couple weeks ago when he scored a touchdown. I think you would do worse than him at 3K if you want to get off of Cole Komet, you know, 15% ownership in tournaments.
2: I don't have much to add. I mean, Comets the guy for me. If you want to throw a GPP play out there, I think David Njoku might be interesting with Case Keenum. The Browns are sort of falling out of favor with Austin Hooper and his lack of production. Um,
1: Hunter Henry, there's your boy. You like him. You touted him up. K. I
2: did. like. 10 weeks ago. Yeah. But,
1: <laughs> he scored um, twice, I think, that day.
2: Yeah, he, he definitely did, and that was one of the highlights of this year. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going back to Mark Andrews as a GPP play. I mean, without Lamar, the guy – I know he only had 89 yards last week. Like, sorry, everybody, he didn't get to 100. But if you're talking about upside and you're talking about a different lineup, what if – I mean, it's it's unlikely, but what if Jonathan Taylor and or Cooper Cup struggled? And Andrew's had one of those 130-yard and two-touchdown games that we've seen with Tyler Huntley at the helm. So it's a a way to completely build a different lineup.
1: I don't hate it at all, Um, especially because Baltimore's got a decent enough team total at 23, a little over 23. So it's not like they're one of these teams sitting in the teens right now. And if it's Huntley or Lamar, I don't think it matters. And you're right, nobody's going to play him. I think we've got him – yeah. Yeah under two percent so yeah. you could you could probably still play him with one of those two big name guys obviously you can't play him with both but um yeah i think it's a great lineup i'm not team.
2: doing it with lamar i'm only doing it if he has lamar just doesn't throw to him for whatever reason i don't think lamar's playing but I don't we'll
1: see. <laughs> all right defense before we get out of here wrap this show up um John, there's a lot of teams with low. I mean, we just play Buffalo. I mean, you said the Jets have the lowest team total you can ever remember.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you certainly can play Buffalo, but it's going to cost you, uh, what, $1,100 more than Devin's Cleveland Browns going up against Brandon Allen. And for me, it, it's going to be that team. It's going to be the Browns. I, I mean, they're – They're the only team in my entire model. They're the only, uh, the only non quarterback in my entire model this week. That's projected to get more than three X their salary. Uh, kudos to DraftKings making the salary so good in week 18. Uh, they're 30% likely to reach GPP value. They're the, they're the best defense on the slate. And I, I suspect they're going to be very popular for that reason.
1: Certainly in cash games, it makes all the sense in the world. Um,
2: Washington so think, football team. Oh, okay. Jake Fromm is worse than Brandon Allen. Yep. I think those are the two. I think Cleveland or, yep. or Washington are really the plays this week. I mean, Jake, Fromm, they didn't even put Fromm in for Mike Lennon, and Mike Lennon threw for like 22 yards last week. That game, I mean, the Bears, we were all over, which kudos to us, but like, they, the Giants aren't even close to being competitive. Yeah. No, I'm with yeah. you. I think it's the right call. That's very good.
3: Buffalo, Washington, Cleveland, and um, maybe one that not a lot of people are looking at. Arizona against Seattle comes up pretty high for me as well.
2: Interesting. All right.
1: Um, That's all I got this week. How about you guys?
3: That's it. Uh, You know, we're we're a bit short because Phil's not here talking about – you know players we never heard of but you know this is, this is what it's like when we're on a three man
1: yeah um it's a little short but it is week 18 and uh the good news is the playoffs should be spectacular i mean i think this year almost more than ever i think it's wide open you know um, well, this is gonna be our last show so let's make some super bowl predictions here uh john we'll start with you give me give us a super bowl predict prediction
3: I mean, I hate to be boring, but I, but I'll go with the Tampa Bay
1: Buccaneers to repeat uh, again.
2: Nine um, to one.
1: I was going to say they're, they're not favorites. So okay. I, I think that's, that's a good call. What about you, Devin?
2: So if I look at the AFC, the, the team that has the easiest path is the Kansas city chiefs. So I think that they get there. Do they win? I think so. I think, I think the chiefs get it done. I, they've been they've been playing really really well their defense has been improving I look at like the bottom half of of the playoffs like the Colts aren't gonna win the Cardinals aren't gonna win the Bengals if you want a sneaky team like Joe Burrow just lights the world on fire at 20 to one I don't hate but a lot of these bottom teams i don't I just don't see them them pulling it off. And I'm not rooting for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So
1: definitely not rooting for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, I'm rooting for the Buffalo bills this year. Been so close the last few years. And we see it so often in sports, especially in football, where it takes a couple of years before you get over the hump happened with the chiefs and the bills look like that team. I think their defense this year is better than it's been in years past. As long as Josh Allen keeps his head on straight, doesn't do anything. Too stupid, which I don't think he will. Um, that's my team, seven and a half to one right now. You can get them. And uh, they're probably going to have to, what, beat the Titans, I think, in the second round or something. So they should be in a pretty good spot. So uh, give me the Bills. All right. Uh, thank you all for joining us this season here on the Power Grid. Thanks so much to Football Guys for inviting me on to uh, be a part of it. And uh, of course, RotoGrinders.com. Uh, you can find all of our great content. Beyond this football season, if you're into DFS golf, if you're into NBA, whatever, MMA, we've got all that stuff over at RG. So check us out, rotogrinders.com. And of course, football guys, you've got tons happening in the playoffs. You got best ball leagues over all over the place. Um, there's some some fun survivor leagues as well that you can play. You're going to find a ton of content for that over at football guys. So make sure you keep checking them out because uh, more fantasy football to be had uh, this playoff season. But, uh, John, Devin, thanks so much for having me on the show this
0: year.
2: No, thank you. you, Dan. I, you really stepped in for Austin, so can't thank you enough for for jumping in in the partnership between football guys and Roto, Roto-Grinders.
3: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's been, uh, you know, it, it was a, a year off uh, or a couple years off doing the the FBG-RG thing, but it was great having you back and, and uh, you know, looking forward. We didn't have to dress you. up
1: this year. Uh, no singing, no dressing up. So it was a <laughs> win-win for all of us. Absolutely. Uh, and thanks again to Phil. Uh, wish he could have been with us on the- No, match. he's dead to us. Uh, I still love you, Phil. I still love you. Uh, but hey, we do love you, the viewers and the listeners. Thank you so much. For Devin and John, I'm Dan. Good luck this week and in the playoffs and uh, probably talk to you next year here on the Power Grid here on Football Guys and FootballGuysAndRotogrinders.com. See you, everybody. Thanks, everyone.